1: New York City's, the basketball season is is upon us, free agency is behind us, we've got a lot of basketball to talk New York City, let's do it. another day another dollar at the front office pod um uh more like no dollars but <laughs> here we are um doing our duty ready getting ready to talk about probably the most exciting net season uh for a nets fan in their life in their lifetime i know in my lifetime i can't think of any season that uh there's been higher expectations so i'm happy to uh Bring in my partner, Mr. Sam Lachow, to talk about something. How, how are you, Sam?
2: I'm good. I actually want to make one quick comment because I liked your comment just now about, uh, about the expectations. And I actually think one thing that's kind of interesting about the Nets' expectations is that people think so low about... Kyrie and KD at this point, whether it's KD's health or Kyrie's mental state, whatever it is that they that even though they're talked about a lot, they're all, they're almost becoming <laughs> underrated because people mm-hmm. are already like so sick of them, even though even though neither of them have done anything wrong yet.
1: It's it's crazy. It's like I'm seeing these things where they have Jokic and and um, Murray ahead of us. I'm seeing I'm seeing uh, you know people just basically saying it's a slam dunk that the lakers are are going to beat us and i i, I think it's crazy i mean i i you you've you've tempted me so i want to i want to say this and address that real quick because <laughs> it's it's not our plan for the podcast but i it's a great way to start the show and something for for me to say to kind of build, you know be a platform on this coming discussion right uh, which is free agency the the uh, the um off season etc etc so i was thinking about it and everybody knows that i am the if the nets had a competent power forward we would be in such a better place and i really really believe that in that building the nets mind Consortium, <laughs> the Nets, uh, uh, brain trust, uh, are looking at the pieces that they have and saying, How the hell are they going to guard us? We could come down a court and basically have defenses on their heels, even in the half court. The Nets have elite shooting. If buckets start falling, I don't see how the Lakers keep up with us. I I don't I, I really don't. Sam, speak on that. How do you think we match up with the supreme team in the NBA right now, which has got to be the Lakers?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's kind of like the matchup that um, that and I guess the box are the two that really stand out in terms of like how would they match up because of the because of length and height. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, t- to be honest, I. As it pertains to the Lakers, I just think that it's funny because I'm someone who always gave LeBron a lot of crap because I felt like he never went through um, big time teams. And this past year, the Lakers actually went through teams with really good guards. If you look like the,
1: the Blazers, no, I, with Lord with uh,
2: I'm the sorry, Rockets, Sam. with.
1: I'm sorry. Sam, yep. I got to stop you there. The bubble, they, them not having to play. Um, Basically, the Clippers gave them this this championship. The worst team that that could have faced the Lakers in the finals were the Heat. The Heat played yeah. what the Heat can do played right into their hands. The, the Heat was out physicaling all of the the East. They basically was like, "All of you guys are punks, and we're just gonna beat you guys down." And you don't have enough offense. To stop us, that is the worst way to attack the the Lakers, and I I feel like the the type of team that's going to beat the Lakers uh, as currently uh, constructed is like the Golden State Warriors, and the Nets could be the super Golden State Warriors if if um, and and I'll tell you why. Tell me why I'm wrong before I, I tell you why I'm right.
2: No, I, I mean, look, I was gonna I was gonna just say that what's interesting is that even though is that even though the Lakers had to go through a lot of guards or guard uh, specific teams on their way to the finals. And I agree with everything you said about the heat. A lot of their, a lot of their guys were not at a lot of the guys they had to face were not at full strength. So you look at like, just like the, I almost call it like the bubble guards syndrome that we kind of had with Lillard and McCollum were exhausted. They played like nine straight games. Harden and Westbrook were both coming off COVID. So it's, so uh, it, I, I do think that if the Nets were to be healthy, and we're going to play the Lakers. I think I think they would really provide. A, uh, I think they would be a struggle for them. I mean, in, in the end, I think the fact that the Lakers could outmuscle them and the Lakers could arguably have the two best guys in the series, depending on where Durant is at, that's obviously the biggest issue. But I, but I, I I do think the Nets could play into their uh, could play into some of the Lakers' weaknesses.
1: No, and and I don't think LeBron wants to run for 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 four games much less seven I you know he likes to slow it down st- you know kind of stand at the top of the key with with the ball in his hands and that's not going to work with Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan in in, in the middle they are are they going to really try to post us up they they're not going to want to have a, a a three point shooting contest with the nets and and I'm not even worried about you know Kyrie being there. Kyrie being. Let's say Kyrie is not there, and Dinwiddie has to start. I think the Nets are just have just so much firepower that that the the Lakers is not going to be able to keep up with us in scoring. They it, it, they're just not. Uh, I I'm not saying that Joe Harris is. Uh, is uh Steph Curry he's not you know he's Joe Harris is not gonna come down court and pull up from three he that's not what he's done I've seen him do it but that's not what he's gonna be allowed to do in this offense but when he is in corners when he has the ball in his hands defenses have to respect him like they have to respect Steph Curry they have to actually guard him like they have to guard Steph Curry and and um and that's just gonna let Kevin Durant eat you alive uh, I, I don't even think just alone that Kevin Durant is 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 going to you know be a beast, but the I think the main uh, uh uh you know person who's going to eat the most out of you know Kevin Durant passing out of double teams is going to be Jared Allen or DeAndre Jordan or Karis LeVert. Uh, this is. I'm thinking of it and analyzing it from the position of someone who would have to guard these people. Watching Caris, and and Caris wasn't having a good go of it in the beginning with with um, with uh, Kyrie at all. But Sam, this dude, the offense that we were able to produce when we had that team, this year's team is better. Landry Shamit is a better shooter than anything we had last year not named joe harris yep i mean excuse me caris (laughs) laver that was rough coming out Karis laver is ridiculous if uh considering that he's he's never not seen double teams right so uh how do you defend that like i I don't know as all these people making these you know rankings and trying to figure out where where we're going to be how do you defend that Nets team Uh, you know uh i i don't get it i i don't i don't think the lakers you know want to have to keep up with our scoring and it's again it's not just solely on kevin durant it's just that if kevin durant is on your team he is you you have to defend him with two people and uh, another person who's going to hedge and for the first time and Karis Lavert's career, when he has the ball in his hands, teams can't sell out to guard him. Yep.
2: No, I mean, look, we we already saw. This is what I'll say. I think I think they match up in the East. They match up the worst against uh, against the Bucks because of their because of their size. And the Nets just never match up. Have have, have since Giannis has become Giannis, they just have gotten annihilated to the Bucs mm-hmm. usually. Yep. But be, but we also haven't had a guy named Kevin Durant on the team. But Beyond beyond the Bucks, I mean, like when you look at um, the Celtics or even who 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 the Nets uh, have matched up well with in the past in some of these regular season games, and who and and like and, and obviously that's again been without Durant. And then when I look at a team like the Sixers, who I think a lot of people are really high on this year. And look, there. I mean, they're for sure. And to me, the fact that Vegas has the Nets still is the favorite for Harden, which is something we're going to talk about later. Like, mm-hmm. I think the I think the Sixers are clearly the Harden favorite, and I think they're the favorite by uh, a, a mile. But even if they don't make the Harden trade, we, the Nets have, I mean, we've seen the Nets play well against against that Simmons and Bead combo. Like we saw it two years ago with a team that's a quarter of as talented as this one is. No, so, there's
1: n- they're dead in the water. I'm sorry, they're dead in the water. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't see it. like really. The Nets couldn't defend the Sixers in their playoff against them. You know, and those were the baby Nets. Um, but if they could have had more offense, if like you swap out the offense being able to be produced by by um, D'Lo, who everyone knows, I love Delo. And you swap that out for the offense being produced by Kevin Durant? My God, who stopped uh, again? Like, uh, uh, the Bucks have a pretty good defense.
2: Wait, but, and uh, not to mention, I just want to interrupt you really quickly. Not to mention that the best player on that on that Sixers team in that series was Jimmy, who's not even on the team anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and even where he is, that you know what what the Heat did. And the way the Heat got to the finals was basically just being the most physical basketball team in the East. They out physical uh, the Bucks. They out um Boston. They they just you know like they're a shithouse house team. That's they just yeah. muck it up.
2: I mean look the thing the, the thing with the the thing with the bubble, which is just something I think like everyone's gotta like get out of their head to to a certain extent, is like some of the individual player performances are definitely super impressive and I don't wanna take anything away from those guys, like the Jamal Murrays and the Donovan Mitchell's and even what Lavert did, like that stuff you can't take away from. But like like let's be real, like like all things considered, the teams that really won in the bubble maybe it would have been the same finals i personally think there's a very small chance i think the bubble was basically based off of who was the most mentally there and i think being in i know a lot of people say like oh these guys get paid millions of dollars yada 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 but like being in disney world for 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 three months not seeing anybody and also if teams didn't if, if certain teams didn't buy into it or didn't think that it felt as legit as a normal season or if you're someone like the clippers where maybe being able to go back home and see your family when you don't love the team could have like provided actually something nice like i just think like to take anything away from the bubble in large part is is kind of a a fool's errand just because i think it's so it's just not something you're ever going to see again hopefully
1: yeah no i i i don't believe in these lakers and <laughs> no, I know I, that's, I, I, I know that's a crazy thing to say because they, they look really good, but I think they I sleep mean, on how I mean, much, um, gonna, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, sti- I'm stepping on you. I, I,
2: I've been with you. on. sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was like, I've been with you on the Lakers stuff. Cause like, we're going to look back on history. We're going to say like the Lakers won the championship and like, like who was there? Who was their third best player on that team? Like, like rondo or caruso or like i mean it's kuzma or like i just don't believe that team in a normal in a normal nba season wins at all i know they have two of the five or six best players i just i don't know i don't i just there's something there's something the, the lakers and the heat were the two teams from the outset that totally bought into the bubble and were totally there and i think a lot of the bubble was a mental game which is why like I think the fact that certain people think like the heater favorites again to come out of the the east I just don't see in the slightest at, like at all I think and 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 you saw the teams that didn't buy into the bubble and looked miserable to be there played miserably the clippers played miserably the sixers had the Ben Simmons thing and they looked miserable to be there like that's I mean that's how yeah. the bucks like didn't really seem to be totally there like
1: oh it's going to be a different can of squirrels this time <laughs> it's going to yep. be something completely different and um I I kind of uh, look at you know some of the things that's happened uh uh you know this off season and I've got to say we've started uh the season <laughs> in typical Nets fashion uh with uh you know ridiculous takes in the um and um you know on on our uh, uh 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 interviews our boy Kyrie had to make news didn't he
2: yeah, I mean, like I, I personally had like zero reaction to it. I was like, I was like, okay, like, good, like do, like do your thing. I don't, I, I think the way he's been portrayed at times by the media has been unfair, anyway. So like, I, it, it meant very little to me. I don't, know I don't know, uh, I don't know about you. As as long as he's playing basketball and he's healthy and he's playing well and his teammates like him, that's all I care about for this year. I,
1: and pause when I say this, Kyrie is a dickhead, but he's our dickhead. Yeah, I say like, this all crazy. the time. Like we when we when we I I when we were trading for him, I didn't want it. I I I'm so I was so wrong and so foolish in, in thinking that we didn't need Kyrie Irving. We need every team needs a Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a monster. Now, because Kevin Durant hasn't suited up and played a game for us, Kyrie Irving might be the best basketball player to ever play for a New York City team. And that includes Carmelo Anthony. That includes uh, Patrick Ewing, Bernard King, even Jason Kidd, even though that's that's technically uh, New Jersey. Knicks fans are going to be pissed that you didn't say Clyde. I mean, listen, Clyde was a great player. Clyde is... The greatest player, based off of accomplishment, based off of the results. But I'm talking about talent. The spectacle that is Kyrie Irving is the best talent to ever wear a New York City basketball uniform. And he's a dickhead. And that's okay. And we have to accept that. Like, all of his stuff happened before. And it's too much stuff for people to just... Break it down to just be media. It's it's easy. He makes it easy for the media. Because he could have just got on a Zoom and was like, no, yes, no. I'm not feeling that. No, yes, no. But Kyrie's already in his feelings. He's already on some bullshit. I know he's probably already given, you know, um, uh, Steve Nash some kind of backtalk. However, it doesn't matter because we have Kevin Durant <laughs> and because we have Karis LeVert and because we have Spencer Dinwiddie, and because we have Jared Allen. And, I, like, I don't care. Dude, I hope Kyrie starts a seminar on Flat Earth tomorrow. Yeah. I, I I want him to do his thing. Get it all off your chest, Kyrie. And And let's call it a day. Now, I will tell you what I am scared of. Can you, can you take a guess of what I am scared of? You, it's impossible, but I want to see if you can... I was going to tell something related to his health. Yes. Yeah. Athletes act like the most... what, The worst version as a human being of an athlete is when an athlete's body betrays them. I am scared that something happened and he is hurt he doesn't want to talk to anybody about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, people are nervous that it's either that or it's or he has corona or something. It's one like one of the two. Like
1: and that's I mean, and that's what makes this whole thing worse cuz if it's either of those things, it makes him look even worse. It makes him look even more of a sucker. Like he could have just yeah, listen. This is what's going on with me right now. I'm not sure uh, let me get back to everybody. I know you guys got a job to do. Let me let me get back to you. I need to, you know, get my head around what's going on with me. Yeah. I. But that's not the way he's, he's going to handle it. And and the worst thing that's happening is that amongst Nets fandom, there's the Kyrie police. Now I love all of y'all, and but there's a sect of of Nets fans that aren't really Nets fans, they're Kyrie fans. And they're kind of muddying up the waters with, like, like you know, whether Kyrie is justified, saying things like, well, whatever he says, they're going to crucify him anyway. No, that's not true. Don't give them nothing. They have media training. You can come in there, do your job, say all the right things, lie, lie to us. Lots of us, but now we have to speculate. Now the games, the, the, the circus, um, you know, uh, uh, organ starts playing and 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 the clowns come out and the monkeys start dancing and all. And, and this is where the bullshit begins. Like, he's his worst enemy. Yeah, but you, you know? know
2: what? This is the thing. This is what, what I'll say about him, though. He's, like, and uh, and I, I, I know you want to hit on other topics because I'm just going to say this quickly about him. He, he, to me, is a lightning rod and, like, like he, every single thing that he says basically is going to elicit some type of story similar to Durant. Like, whenever these guys, when for with that, with those two guys specifically, it's different than some of these other super, some of these other stars. Where, like, when they, when if Curry makes a statement, it doesn't have to become a whole like Bleacher Report and ESPN and SI.com, whatever. No, but, like,
1: but Curry doesn't, it, don't you think a part of that is that Curry doesn't really say crazy stuff? Okay. Yeah, he's I think the, it is. He's think... the one that that offered to people that he believed in flat earth. He's the one that forced his way out of the calves. And the responses that he gives is bonkers. Yeah, and I don't sure. want us to feel like we can't admit that it's crazy. It's oh, crazy. Right. And uh, you know why it's okay, Sam? Because he's great. Yeah. Be oh. as crazy, be yourself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, hey, he should, like, go say whatever. Say, say whatever. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna drown it out because it means like next to no, like all of that shit stuff means next to nothing for me. Yeah, it
1: like, only as long means as he's only he's playing. It only means something when it's affecting other people's playing time. It's keeping you know the team from being the best team that it could be, and that can happen. But you know that's where. See, that's, that's where I worry about Kevin Durant. Um, oh, and I don't necessarily love him guarding power forwards um, or, or having to have that burden. That That worries me too. But what really worries me with Kevin Durant is that he doesn't have the leadership to check Kyrie. Steve Nash can't do it day one. He can't call Kyrie and be like, look, this is what happens to... Every high profile bas- basketball player, me myself, I've gone through this. I've won two MVPs and I've had to answer the question of whether I won my MVPs because I'm a white point guard. Um, you know, I had to answer those questions. I had to do it with grace and I had to represent my team um in my city. But do
2: you know this, the thing is that Can, the, did, the, can the, he the- say
1: that to to Kyrie though? Can how does Kyrie respond to that, Sam?
2: But I guess, like, I guess this is my thing with with everything relate with everything related to him is like, like, he was with he was with LeBron, who was like who is the biggest NBA icon ever besides besides Michael Jordan, and mm-hmm. it seemed like it seemed like they butt heads and it, it clearly ended poorly and yada yada yada. So like. So part of the so, so part of the calculus of having him on the team is look he's like he's one of those geniuses that also speaks his, that speaks his mind a
1: lot and like Kyrie is a you're not a boss of me guy like, yeah which Le, 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 LeBron like is be, telling him LeBron could be I could, could just see it I, no I mean I'm making this all of this up but <laughs> I could just tell me if I'm crazy for thinking this I could just see him and LeBron being together and him looking at LeBron and saying who the fuck are you to tell me what to do. You're not the boss oh, of me. Oh,
2: for, for sure, but I guess I guess my thing is that is that what's interesting about the whole Kyrie like experiment is that he gets all this crap for uh for like his like him talking, however he talks and 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 saying whatever he says and all that stuff. But like he's not like he's not the first point guard to have a massive issue with like with coaches or players. I mean, like Jason Kidd got Got Byron Scott fired. Rondo's had an issue with almost any anywhere he went. Like all these smart, all I these take, incredible.
1: No, I'm sorry. I take ten Kyrie's over. I'm talking about off the court wise. I'm not talking about on the court wise. But off the court wise, I think Kyrie is a way better guy than 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 um uh, Jason Kidd. I also well, right. think that's, Kyrie that's is I a think. way better guy than than um th- uh, another great. Uh, who used to get who used to get uh, uh, a lot of stuff for um for us. I think he's a better guy than Darren Williams too. So
2: right, and so my point is what I think. What I think is weird about the whole way that Kyrie is talked about is that the is that the dude has basically said a couple of things that are like a little off a little off the mark, but yet he's won a title, which almost none of these point guards or a lot of them who who also have gotten coaches fired or whatever have done. And he also does, like, a gazillion things outside the community from that, like, that basically get little to no eff- like effort, like, ever. Uh, no, that's not true. To- I
1: refuse. That- Listen, Kyrie has the biggest echo chamber in the NBA. I have seen him give out the same one day of hour of giving out turkeys. I've seen seven hours of footage of different angles of, of Kyrie. Kyrie gets his positive stuff because he's a he's beloved. He has his own movement. His the Kyrie movement might be bigger than the Nets movement, if if we're being honest. Like he's that. <laughs> but he's mugged. also got a anti
2: movement. He, uh, he, he has he
1: has uh, he definitely has an anti movement, but he doesn't have Skip Bayless talking about him every morning like LeBron does. He doesn't have you know guys from the Bay basically giving him crap because he left Golden State. You know, like everybody who's a superstar has their cross to 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 uh, carry. But you're supposed to carry that with grace and style. Look, I'm not going to say you could you have to be the greatest who ever done it in handling the media. But Derek Jeter was the greatest who ever done it. Derek Jeter had women in the Internet age. He he, it's not that long ago that Derek Jeter was a single man in new york city he would give have women ushered out of his apartment with a bat with a gift basket and a thank you note (laughs) and a and a cab waiting for them to go home (laughs) and he didn't have no problems in the city there's a way to do this i'm not saying Kyrie has to be that guy but there's a way to navigate this and it doesn't it doesn't start like nothing has happened sam (laughs) (laughs) that's what's the craziest thing about this like nothing has happened and he's already talking about i don't want to talk to the media right now what oh oh by the way i give me your theory not the injury one but give me your theory why Kyrie is surly considering nothing has happened
2: um i mean the i guess the the nervous part of me thinks that he's, that he has Corona, but even if he doesn't, I guess I'll go in another way. I, I think he, I don't know. I think he probably doesn't didn't really appreciate the way that he was treated during the, um, the post George Floyd, um, commentary. And I feel like he's probably just sick of it. And, and wants to play basketball and is excited for this and is excited for this season. That's That's basically the only thing I can think of to be like, to be honest. I mean, I, is there anything else?
1: I I don't think he likes that people were suggesting that the Nets trade him for Harden. I I think he's seen some of that stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe, but I don't know if that has anything to do with the media, does it? I mean, that's more of like a fan thing. I
1: I don't know. I think media people have suggested it. I think I I forgot. I I believe it was the uh I forget what that guy who's Miraculous, who was bald and miraculously grew, back Nick Wright, <laughs> um, Nick <laughs> Wright basically was saying, you know, the only way uh, a Houston, a Harden trade happens is if, you know, um, you know, if, uh, <laughs> if uh, you trade him for Kyrie and I don't know, I, I, it just makes so much not, it doesn't make sense. So guessing why, like nothing has happened. The George Floyd, st- George Floyd stuff happened a long time ago. Uh, the only thing that really makes sense, the closest between what me and you are are saying, the only thing after, you know, deliberating on it a little bit between me and you, I think the only thing that makes sense is that he has COVID and he's being a baby about it. <laughs> he, yeah, he did think, mention COVID right at the beginning of uh, of the statement.
2: Yeah, that's what I, that's, if I was, if if I was betting on it, that's what I would, that's what I would bet on that, uh, that it's, uh, that it's COVID related.
1: That's gotta be Yahtzee uh, for, uh, for, for for Kyrie. Now, now he's caught the virus. He's missed time for, for every kind of physical reason. Well, the virus just, you know, chuck that on the pile of stuff.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. Um, what was I saying? But you also, I, mean, I know that you wanted you wanted to say something quick to Nets Nation. We we're talking about the about uh about the Anthony Day, which I like I, personally. I think the way that this whole thing was handled was super bizarre from the Rich Paul end. But clearly there was clearly there's something going on. I don't know what, but I, it obviously got resolved. But uh, I'm, I'm leaving the floor open, to you. <laughs> yeah
1: Yep. Uh, a story and everything I just said. What didn't record, Sam? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it! I just ranted for like twenty minutes and <laughs> didn't record a drop of it. When did it stop? I don't know. Um, I think it's it stopped like uh, uh, you know, when I was talking about the Anthony Davis stuff. But um, maybe I could clip that out. I will say it again. Look, I did want Anthony Davis. He's not coming to the Nets. I I I thought it was like I I I basically was being a troll and like, you know, all of the things of him not signing. There there was something there, but obviously it was that he was torn for the time. It took he took a long time. He had to really believe that he could go get marooned in the biggest city in the world and have a team that's going to play with him, I think he's going to be disappointed. Uh, the Lakers could always sign guys. Palenka seems to be competent, But we're going to beat them. I'm not scared of them at all. And hopefully uh, uh people get the point that, look, I know people. People tell me stuff. They've been right before. I would have hate to have known this and then came out after the fact, oh, somebody told me this, but I didn't say anything. And that's why I didn't say any of the other things that didn't come true. By the way, I was told other things I didn't share it because I didn't want to be selling people's stories and I, and and taking the heat for it. And I didn't want to have to be like, Oh, you're the next, you're the Anthony Davis guy. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, it's, it's funny. Nets fans were so invested in me being wrong and I don't understand why. Like I, I it's not even what I wanted. I want Aaron Gordon. I want a, a versatile power forward. Everybody knows what I want. I'm not quiet about that. But I heard this thing. It didn't happen. And that's okay. It's cool. We get to live on and fight another day. You know what I mean? Because there's there's a lot of other things that, you know, we talk about here on, on the front office that we've been right about. Sam, who was right about Harden?
2: Yeah, no, we called it insulin
1: exactly remember when bradley bill was like a week away from being done who was right about that
2: yep
1: who was right that ty that tyrone lou was not going to be the the head coach of the nets yeah yeah that's
2: it, true i actually thought there was a good chance you had that on
1: live. you know and i and i explained it tyrone lou doesn't have a relationship with with um sean marks the relationship isn't there so it's He's not gonna go down that route. He's gonna hire someone that is simpatico with him. And he hired his best friend and he made his other best friend uh in, in Jacques Vaughn. He didn't have to fire his other best friend. And and he made him head coach in the highest paid head uh me, he made him assistant coach and the highest paid assistant coach in the NBA. So, basically, the stuff that we didn't even, you know, it wasn't nobody who told us that stuff. No, it wasn't no inside information. It was just knowing our team, knowing Sean Marks. None of that; those other things got wrong. Am I supposed to, like, track people down who believed who believed Brian oh, Windhorse and believed that guy and thought uh, uh, he had some sources or some inside information on superstars coming to, to Brooklyn? No, he had nothing. He basically looked at which team looked the most vulnerable. Oh, oh, Bradley Bill is at is on the Wizards. They suck. They're in all kinds of mess. But the fact remains, Bradley Bill loves the DMV area. He loves being Washington D.C.'s guy. He he has a huge event out there every year. Him and his wife are invested in that city. And basically the ownership of uh of uh the, the Wizards double down on that by getting rid of John wall and making Bradley bill. I mean, I understand they got Westbrook back, but I think that was them saying that, you know, Bradley bill is our guy and we're, we're not running around going, Oh, we told you that Bradley bill. Was not coming? No. Right. We're pretty good. At, we're pretty good at what we do over here at the front office. Right.
2: I agree. I agree. All right.
1: So Anthony Davis stuff behind his technical, uh, difficulties behind us let's talk about something you know more important spencer dinwiddie's interview man i I shed a tear not because of anything in particular that he said but there was a lot of honesty there and maybe i'm reading in between the lines but that statement where he said where um, Spencer said, well, how would you feel if you took a discount? When you, If you gave the team a discount and they were trying to trade you somewhere else. I'm paraphrasing, of course. That's not exactly what he said. Yeah. But, but basically, he was saying, I'm, you know, I'm, um, I'm. You know, of course, I wouldn't be very happy, like without without making a stink about it. But he admitted that he was in his feelings. Uh, did, how, how did that hit you?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I I feel very conflicted about the Dinwiddie stuff because he's like one of these like he's one of the OG like Sean Marks guys that's been around that's been here for been here for a while, and he's a and he's a really good net. Um, and at the same time, he like he's clearly, I mean, in my opinion the the odd man out um in terms of who should be here and like i i don't like to i definitely don't like to view these players as 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 chess pieces but that's kind of the way that the nba landscape is almost like forced fans and everyone else to kind of v- view off some of these players sometimes and and so yeah like i think it's i think it's i think you kind of what you said on the outset is is kind of how i feel i think it's like kind of bittersweet because he does he did say some things in the interview that um that I appreciated and I think his honesty is awesome. Um for every answer it, he
1: said we. He he was so adamant yep. about saying we. We do this we do that we and it it just was such a contrast to Kyrie that that um you know it hit me hard. And uh to address what you just said, you know, before I pass it back to you um but i think that's the thing Kyrie's not dependable so you need you Spencer has more value to us as the nets as the brooklyn nets Spencer has more value to us than anybody else on a, on the team um you know some of it is an embarrassment of riches but it would it surprise you if Kyrie was out 20 games like we we know he's going to have to be you know uh arrested a lot there's going to be a lot of load management with Kyrie I don't want it to be Chris Chioza or some you know I don't even know like like Spencer is a borderline all-star and he might look and another thing is Spencer Dinwiddie Karis Levert these are players built I mean built For for this Mike D'Antoni system. like Mike D'Antoni, I don't think he's ever had this many offensive weapons. So what Spencer Dinwiddie, based off of what his skill set is, what he's good at, I don't think he's ever been in an offensive system that's going to get more out of him. So me personally, Sam, I just think he's more valuable to us than anybody else. And and yeah, that's think, why I'm not trading him.
2: Yeah. So this is what this is. What I actually thought I was thinking of this right before we got on the air. And and this is the this is I guess the way that I think Marks has been viewing this entire offseason. And I and it, it it kind of finally clicked a little bit for me. Is like if the Nets if the Nets last year had had all the guys healthy and everything, right? It would have been weird for everybody to say. Oh, they got to trade Karras, They got to trade Dinwiddie. It's it's win now. Whatever. Everyone would have been like, no, 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 like, like let's like they have all these talented guys. Like, let's see, let's see how they all play together. And mm-hmm. I think Marks basically looks at like, yeah, I I get that it's been that it's a year since they've a year and a half since they've signed, but like I haven't seen even a second of any of them together. And it sounds obvious. Like I, what I'm saying right now could sound obvious, but I think Nets fans and NBA fans because we're because we're always on like 1.5 or 2x speed, we're always expecting like, oh, when's the next deal? What's the next move that's going to happen? Like we've already seen this can't work or that can't work. And I think Mark's basically viewed last year when he when he signed Durant, and it's kind of like what um, I had said on on the kind of our first couple of front office podcasts. I think he saw last year as a bit of like a, a test drive of like who do we have, what's going on. And I think he still is thinking – you know what? I'm not convinced that uh, that Dinwiddie can't be a part of this. I'm not convinced that we can't run a more guard-centric offense. I'm not convinced that Torian Prince, who had a bad year last year, isn't possibly like going to be the guy that he was more so in in Atlanta. And from that perspective, I honestly do get it. Like he, these are like this is a team that's already had a that has both spent a lot of time together and also not spent a lot of time together. And I think he's like, before we actually make any drastic move, which to be honest, trading LaVert or Dinwiddie or Allen or any of those guys would be a pretty drastic move specifically because these guys have, uh, especially the three I just named have been with the franchise now for a while. And it's like, before we make one of these quote unquote, win now moves, let's first like see what the hell we have here. And if, and if the team is, and if the team is uh, at the all-star break, what are there, there's going to be 72 games this year. If the team 36 games through is 20 and 16 and is playing no defense or whatever, then yeah, maybe they'll deal one of the guards or deal Allen or whatever for a forward, whatever it is. But I think Marks is kind of like, dude, like I haven't even been able to like take the car out of the driveway. yet. Like I got to see what I got to see what I have here before I make any type of move. And let's just imagine that last year was basically like, uh a mulligan and like and and we're gonna go again.
1: I'll tell you one guy that I'll stripe a rocket to his back and and uh and and shoot him to Orlando um is Torian Prince. Yeah, yeah I, uh, yeah
2: TP. is t- t-
1: t- uh, I I'm afraid Torian Prince is gonna get it in the way of Nick Claxton. I, I, I just want to find out what Nick Claxton is. I feel like I feel like, it, like I have so much hope in what Amari Stoudemire could teach him, you know, being focused on, on how to exploit this offense and, and you know, uh, and be productive in it. I would hate to see Torian Prince clogging up minutes and keeping a Nick Claxton from playing because I just think the kid at four could just be phenomenal, and I also just think that. Based off of his build and his natural game, the people on this team could teach him how to be a big, a, a four. Like you have Kevin Durant, this, a seven footer. He's Kevin Durant is taller than Nick Claxton, and um, you know, I, I just feel like having a guy like Torian Prince on the roster just keeps a Nick Nick Claxton or the potentiality of a Nick Claxton uh, uh, away from from seeing it. and I, and seeing Zach Lowe. Say that, uh, uh, you know, the Nets had no inclination of trading Torian Prince, never did. That really was like a punch in my stomach, because <laughs> I, mean, I, I thought he was untradeable. I thought that contract made it where it, it, it wasn't him. Did did you did you happen to see those uh comments, by Zach? Yeah, yeah. I so
2: I did. I did see those. I did see those comments that he uh that he had made, but I guess, I mean, look, Prince had a bad look. I I think the Prince thing is, is also more so like, what is Mark's going to say? I mean, the guy came off his his worst year to say that he's, to to say that he's tradable right now. Like he's never had lower value. So I mean, like, like whether, I mean, look, these GMs like lie through their teeth basically for a living. So like, I, I, I don't really, I don't really take that much into it because also like what, you're not going to get anything for him right now anyway. So Yes. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they'll do something to try to increase his value and they're going to play him. I mean, look, he has to, if like, if they're going to be relatively successful, it would be incredibly helpful for him to be an integral part of it. Cause that would mean that he, you have his size on a team that has like 11, guys, whatever it is, eight or nine guys at six, four or under, like they need guys like him to step up. So, I mean, it's it it. I mean, they're kind of they're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if he plays super well, then they might just be like, all right, we got to keep this guy because he's one of our bigger dudes. And if he plays poorly, then he's as you said, he's becomes more untradeable. So I don't know. I mean, I I think I think Prince is is uh I think Prince is more likely to be on the team. The thing that I'm the most I think he's going to
1: start. I think I think he's I no, think yeah, he's going to no, be I think the three. A
2: good The thing I'm most intrigued about, to be honest, and I know a lot of Nets Twitter has talked about this, and I definitely have been wondering about this myself, is Marks understands value. He understands what it means if someone's going to be a free agent and whatnot. And and the Dinwiddie thing is – the Dinwiddie and the Jared Allen thing is weird because I don't see – given that Marks drafted Claxton and probably thinks highly of him, like I don't see – and given that they're already paying DeAndre, I don't see Allen – getting some deal that a lot of his peers are getting which is probably somewhere between like whatever you're talking 12 to 15 million dollars a year to be like one of these rim running guys like probably a deal that's less than what Capella got but and then at the same time with Dinwiddie like I don't know if they're gonna I don't know if they're gonna sign him back It's I, I mean especially I don't, given how I don't worry they. about
1: that I don't and let me tell you why I think Joe Sy is serious about winning this championship you know the news that he he was the one that that, um that fired Atkinson and rightfully so a- Atkinson wasn't gonna take us to a championship that that's not the guy that a Kyrie Irving is gonna listen to and and actually execute the play that that's gonna win our our, our first championship in New York City in, in in 50 years for NBA and 40 some odd years for um for ABA so once I saw that thing where he picked in his ear and then he rubbed it on his lips as like chapstick, I, I realized Kenny Atkinson is not the nice man. Probably not the reason why we play small ball. That probably wasn't his fault. He probably was being programmed or sent to plays, um, you know, from uh, Sean Mark's uh, uh, iPad. But um, I. I I I think Joe Tsai is about this life and he's rich and he's rich in a way that I don't think a lot of people could even measure just yet because he's also, he he has one of the biggest companies in China and his value is the, the way he could mine money is unlike even Ballmer. Ballmer just has made more money. Like he's, you know, Microsoft, of course, um, But this guy, he could, he could, he he's he's going to pay the luxury tax. If Spencer Dinwiddie is a major part of winning a championship and a part of the identity and the DNA of this team, I I don't think I don't think Joe Sak cares. I think I think he's gonna give him the bag. It's just it all depends on what they do. If they make this happen. I think the last thing we need to worry about is who's getting what contract. Oh, Joe Tsai is going to pay. it. Joe Tsai is richer than Prokhorov. He is the second richest um NBA governor as they call it now. Yeah. Uh the last thing we need to do as fans is is count his money. If he's if he's letting players go because he's trying to cost, cut costs, then you know, we're we're right back to Ratner and and the nonsense that that uh you guys Endured uh, in Jordan, New Jersey. Yep. This guy has deep pockets. He bought the team for two point two billion dollars. He owns the arena, and he's invested. I don't worry about. I don't worry about signing guys back. We're we're not we're not the Sixers. We're not we're not uh, uh, Houston. The Nets owner could sign back, and you want to know what? It's not even bad business. If he keeps this team good. The 2.2 billion is nothing. This team, if this team wins a championship, it's easily worth four billion. If he flipped it, he'd make two billion dollars. So, so I'm telling you, the luxury tax is going to be a problem. But I think I think the Nets have the best ownership in New York, and I think I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think Joe is the real one. And you, and you see it. He quietly quietly goes about his business. He makes the right social statements um, that that basically aggratiate himself to the, to the greater community of Brooklyn. And and um, I I don't think he's. I think he's going to shrug off that money and, and cut the check. So I don't worry about that part. Sam, what what do you need to see coming out of this uh out of this training camp? What what is going? What is the, what is the landmark or or the 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 flare in the sky or the signal that is going to tell you things are going the right way?
2: Can I say the obvious and just say that no one gets hurt during it? That's the. I mean, to, for me, that's like by far and away number one. If we're talking actual basketball, um, I'm sure I'm curious to see kind of what. What the lineups are and, and what we're dealing with. Are we are we gonna see? Are we gonna see like Prince start? Or are we gonna see them start with a kind of a more traditional lineup of like a classic three and a classic four and a classic five? Or are we gonna see more uh, interesting smaller ball type lineups? I think those will probably be implemented later in games and depending on matchups. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean it'll. I mean from from that perspective, I think it will. Um, it, w- it will be interesting. I mean, like as we've talked about um, and nazi on, on this pod specifically, like I, I, I mean, the amount of guards they have and the amount of small guards they have is like blows my mind to a certain extent, and I don't, I,
1: I still don't totally
2: get it. But uh, but look, it might be a big, uh, it might be a big Jeff Green year.
1: I it's it's not gonna be a big Jeff Green year, but it's gonna be a big somebody year. Do you remember a guy we used to call Extra E, Sean Williams?
2: Oh yeah, the the center?
1: Uh he was a power forward, power forward small yeah, forward guy.
2: He from from Boston College.
1: He he played for the Knicks and uh Dan Tony and then he robbed the Nets the next year. <laughs> because Dan Tony does this thing to players when he's coaching them on offense, their numbers oh, and now their I activity. I used to
2: have the other shot. You.
1: Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, right? Sean yeah, yeah, extra I E. Yeah, yeah, um up. Uh, Sean was incredible as a Nick, But when he came to the Knicks under Avery, he was trash. He was unplayable. But on the Knicks, he that just that offense just makes you better. So what I would like to see, what I'm praying for out of the uh out of the uh, uh, off season is that Dan Tony sprinkles a little bit of that magic, and someone has an incredible year. Is it going to yep. be Nick Claxton? I'm not sure, but maybe it might be Rodions, who surprisingly is still on this team. I thought Rodions and might uh, uh might have been jettisoned, but I think a guy like Rodions. Can have a supernatural season in 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 Tony's offense and can look a whole lot better than what he really is, or a guy like Claxton can just emerge, and or even a guy like Torian Prince. I want to see someone turn heads in the in the off season. I mean, in in this little kind of you know the word coming out of practice, uh, you know the coach basically saying, "Hey, who's turned, who's turned?" Uh, um. Who's turned uh, uh, your head in terms of surprising you of of how good he is and how good he is in the system and and I, that's what I'm looking for and then another thing to wrap this up is I think we need better from the beat writers I think we need them to be in championship form and hold and have accountability not not be whiny babies about when when. When um Kyrie is a whiny baby, but really ask the coach questions, really get in there and hold them accountable because I think the media has a role to play in a championship run too. We're gonna want to look. The, these are the chroniclers of a special time in New York history, so I want them to do their jobs. I, all this, you know, puff piece, cupcake, kissy face journalism i'm tired of it ask steve nash a hard question where are the nets we're the best basketball season in the biggest marketplace in the country if not the world let us be held accountable let's set the tone let's keep the history let's let's not get into you know the nonsense that national media is going to do even the podcasters i'm saying for everybody the the glue guys the the you know um you know otg uh guys you know uh jack our homie jack and and his boy nick you know uh everybody we need to be top of the line as well uh it's time for us we're about to do the damn thing um sam you feel good?
2: Yeah, I, I I agree with a lot of the media stuff you just said. I hope that I I hope one big thing I'm hoping from the media is that there's more of a focus on ball and less of a focus on like whatever nonsense Ky, Kyrie may or may not have have uh, have said. But the one thing yep. I will say, and this is be my closing point, and I think me and you talked about this when we did the Nash podcast, mm-hmm. is having a guy having a coach who is. Absolutely beloved by the media to an extent that's probably a little nauseating, but like he is like the Zach Lowe, uh, ESPN, Bleacher. Oh, yeah, Report, Dork
1: Basketball. Dar- dork, dork, yeah, Dork Basketball loves that guy. <laughs> For Everyone sure.
2: loves him. Dork, like, dorks love him. Like the hype beast culture guys love him. Like everybody loves him. And that, I think, will take pressure off because he's not like a been working hard all my life just to make it in in Europe like Kenny mm-hmm. Atkinson was who's got like the Catholic Long Island basketball thing going. Like Nash is a gazillionaire who's like unbelievably successful and is cool and everyone's Doesn't likes he him.
1: look like the leader of a championship bat I mean, whatever it was yeah, that no, Pat he's... Riley had, right? It's a type of yep. guy. Right? Pat Riley has it in a completely different way, Popovich has it. Uh, uh, Doc Rivers has it, like you know. I, I think his basketball is dead, but Doc Rivers has a, a little <laughs> bit of a, uh, an aura around him. Great coaches have that, and I'm looking at yep. at this dude and his and his super slim, <laughs> um, uh, 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 a paleo diet bo- body. Yeah, wearing, his, wearing the theory suits and the J. Crew shirts. Yeah. Hey man, he he looks the part. We're going to win a championship though. You ready? I'm ex-
2: I'm I'm really I've already been planning out I I've, I've been planning out who I'm going to watch like the first game with, who I'm going to watch the Christmas game with. All obviously all covid friendly, but you know. You got to right. like this is this is ex- I mean this isn't this is the most excited I've been. Obviously the Pierce Garnett year ended up turning into a disaster, but I mean beyond that, like I haven't been this excited in a while. This is going to be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna
1: be really, really fun. Yo, let's do the damn thing, man. Yo, we are at the front office. This is my man, Sam Lachow, as you find him at Samuel Lachow, on Twitter, and I'm Eve Darbuz. You find me at Eve, Darbuz at Twitter. Y V E S D A R, B O U Z E. Get in on the conversation. Yell at us about things if you if you don't agree with us. New York City's, we're about to win a championship. The 2020, 2021 season is is upon us. Let's do this damn thing.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet